0: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better as Freddie and Harry with my man Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. We're getting closer and closer to NBA All-Star Weekend. A lot of storylines have happened already in the first half. We know there are gonna be plenty of storylines happening in the second half. And the latest one involving that the Golden State Warriors inquired to the Los Angeles Lakers about maybe trading for LeBron James. LeBron James and the Lakers said no. Somebody who plays the Golden State Warriors has a dad who's a Hall of Fame basketball player. That means it's time for the talk to Gary Payton, who joins us here on Freddie and Harry, the basketball Hall of Famer and one of the best defenders ever in the history of the NBA. We mentioned that your son plays for that Golden State Warriors team. Gary, what if the Lakers traded LeBron James to the Golden State Warriors? What would your reaction would have been?
1: amazed you know and shocked you know i don't know how many players they would have had to give up for that and uh but at this point in his career he's playing very well he doesn't even look like he's a 38 39 year old player but that would have been a shock for me and i don't i would have wondered how many players they would have to give up and how many picks they would have to get up for that
2: Now, I got to ask you this because I'm all about competition, and when you look at the rivalry between LeBron James and also Steph Curry, from a competitive standpoint, how would that have sat with you inside though, knowing that you was the glove and you know, you're going to talk some noise to people. You want that competition. You, you had that competition when you played How, deep down inside, keep it real with the people. Now this, this is a show for the people. How would that have sat with you deep down inside? He's laughing. I think we know the answer. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I ain't in, the,
1: in a, a teaming up with people. I want to get at people's head. You know what I'm saying? So that would have been really, really crazy, man. I, I like to play against each other, man. When win went on your own terms, man. Be the be the superstar and do what you gotta do. You know, everybody's gotta go get another superstar, man. We didn't do that. We drafted people and we didn't plan on uh, in two years, I'm going to play with you. In three years, I'm going to play with you. Man, I don't want to do that. I I, I would have never teamed up with Michael Jordan. I would have never teamed up with Charles Barkley. I would have never teamed up with nobody like that because I want to go at the head every time. So, no, that, that wouldn't have sat well with me. But it, it this this is era, you know, They this is, era is what they do. they they friends. They go on banana boats and stuff like that with each other. So, you know how that go.
0: <laughs> Your son's playing in this era for Golden State. Has he said anything to you about okay, this is going on, and Dad, it's different now because that works now compared to when you played in the NBA, when you played against Kevin Johnson, you played against Michael Jordan, you played against John Stockton, and those guys on the court were the enemy, and you weren't willing to cross that line.
1: Well, my son always talked to me about it. That is a lot different, you know. But I and I always tell him, like I said, this is y'all era, man. We we the, we the dads now. We watching the, our kids that was growing up was running around doing that thing. So this is this is a little little different, and mm-hmm. like I said, I, I wasn't nobody friend until we went to the All Star game, and then I, I hung out with you for two days, and then that's it. Then I'm coming back to try to tear your head off, you know. After that, so you know what I'm saying. But it's just different, I, I'm, and and we can't say anything about it because we didn't play in this era. We played in an era where we weren't friends, we wasn't that, we didn't go and talk to each other after the game and do all that type of stuff. So. My son comes to me. And he's friends with all of them, you know. Right. They laughing and they joking before the game and, and all that stuff. And then they see each other and play these PlayStation games, these Xboxes <laughs> or whatever. Got these headphones where they compete with each other from different cities. Man, I, I ain't got time for that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, try, I'm trying to beat you every time. I don't, I don't care about talking to you or nothing like that. I don't want to go have dinner with you, with your, with your wife and our wives. We ain't doing that. You know what I'm saying? So we, we, we can talk about this after the season is over right
2: after I win the championship. Man, touch on a little bit growing up, man, and having a son, not only looking up to you and wanting to do the things that you do, but also carrying the name. My son is Harry Douglas the fifth. You have Gary Payton the second, you know what I mean? So growing up, how was it being a father You know, trying to assist your son in pursuing a dream that he had and actually seeing you doing something, but also knowing that fine line not to go too hard, but still pushing him and keeping him on the right course. Great question.
1: You know, you know what? I went too hard, you know what I'm saying? You remember I used to tell him he wasn't nothing, he was trash, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he took offensive of that. But the the, the 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 problem was because he was named after me and then I was the player who I was. You know what I'm saying? And then people would tease him and do things and then he started off slow. But I think that motivated him because my dad did me the same way. Yeah. He always told me I was terrible, I was garbage, I didn't do nothing. If I had 30, 40 points, he told me I could have 60. You know what I'm saying? So I tried to do that to my son, and it worked because he went through the hard knocks. You know what I'm saying? He went to prep school. He went to junior college. Then what amazed me is that he went to Oregon State behind me. Doing that type of things, and then he gets in the pros, and he, and he and it's not the right way for six years. But then all of a sudden, Steve Kerr gives him an opportunity right. to play the game that he needed to play, and that took him over the top. And he understood it, and that's that hard knocks life. It is what it is. I didn't really baby him because he didn't grow up like me. He didn't have to grow up on the the playground streets Mm -hmm. in Oakland and try to jump over fences and put chain nets up and do that. He had tennis shoes every day, and he lived in a mansion. He had good, good cars, getting picked up from school, where I had to catch a bus for two hours to go across town, and I'd stop at every stop. You know what I'm saying? And got to get home before the, 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 the street lights. I didn't get picked up, so he didn't he didn't uh, grow up that way. And I had to let him know. Right. And he went through the hard knocks, and I'm glad he made it the way he is now.
0: Oh, fantastic! up so by Hall of Famer, well, let me say go this on. real quick, G.P. Because
2: right, I'm I'm glad you got that championship. In two thousand and six, because I ain't want your son to be on your head. Now you know them, them you know them, <laughs> them younger ones. Yeah, yeah. When they have a little ass, they'll be on your head. So I'm glad you got hey. that championship in two thousand and six. Now. <laughs>
1: But look at you. Look, look. He went out my head anyway. He's going to talk about, oh, I got mine before you. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to get some more. I said, okay, little fella. Yeah, you better hurry up and do it man. You know what I'm saying? Man? Because you going to have to get to my level. You're going to have to become a Hall of Famer in the top 75. That's right. <laughs> talking that crap.
0: <laughs> Hall of Famer, basketball Hall of Famer, Gary Payton with us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I'm going to give you a memory because one of my favorite memories in college basketball, Gary Payton, involved you February 22nd Mm -hmm. 1990 I'm minding my business watching ESPN late at night Oregon State is playing USC and you went to work for 58 points (laughs) in that game and you were giving them the business even George (laughs) Raveling said we couldn't say anything because he was kicking our butt and taking names was that the best trash talking performance you ever had in your Hall of Fame career
1: Yeah, because, you know, uh, Robert Pack had had got at me, man. He was talking about, oh, you supposed to be an All-American. You supposed to be this. You ain't nothing. And I was struggling in the first half, and then I went off on him for like 30-something in the second half, Mm -hmm. and uh, like 30 or 40 in the second half. And, I, and then I kept telling him, I said, you better get somebody out here guard me because he sure can You know what I'm saying? And I was telling all of them, I said, every time I get the ball, I'm going to go at y'all and I'm going to tell y'all every time I'm going to score. And at one point I scored about 25 in a row. And I was like, see, I see, see, George, you should have told them little boys to stop talking to me because they ain't no good. You know what I'm saying? And it was one of the best times ever, man, because I was going at the helmet every
2: two minutes. So so when it comes to the best trash talker that you ever went against, uh-huh. who was it? Was Larry Bird at the top of that list? Larry Bird is number one at the list. Really? Larry Bird would tell you anywhere
1: he wanted to go, and he would tell you he got a Christmas present and a jump shot. If it don't go all net, he going to go back and get it again. Let me tell you, when I was a rookie, he came out and he was guarding Xavier McDaniel, mm-hmm. and he told Xavier McDaniel, man, Look, I'm gonna give you this amount of points, and I'm gonna shoot these many. And if it don't go all net, they was blowing us out at 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 uh at the gar- at the at the garden, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, uh, they took him out the game, and then all of a sudden he did like this. He said, "Hold on, I was looking. I looked at the at the score table, and he was coming back in, and he said." Y'all know what I told y'all, right? And I ain't did it yet. So now (laughs) I'm going to go and do it again. And then he said, I'm going to shoot a jumper right here in this corner. And it's going to go all net. If it don't, Man, I'm going to take myself out. He went to the corner. We, we running at him all net. And I, he was like, I told y'all, y'all know what I'm going to do. And I'm like, man, this boy is cold. I said, I ain't seen nobody to tell you what he's going to do and then do it. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't say it ain't going to touch no rim. Wow. And it don't touch rim. Wow. that's cold you wow. know what i'm saying so he was one of the coldest ones wow wow by
0: the way you're going to be part of the slam dunk all-star nba all-star weekend as many times you've been there you're going to be judging the slam dunk contest the at and slam dunk contest and people don't realize you put on a couple of people's heads a couple of times by dunking on them even though you were known as the glove what are your expectations right. when you have Jalen brown Jamie hotquist jr matt mcclung who won it last year and jacob Toppin, part of the all-star slam dunk contest this weekend gary
1: You know what? These guys are are very, very athletic, and I think all they got to do is get creative. I think to tell them, man, just make the dunks. You know what I'm saying? Just make the dunks and be creative and then save your best one for last. And I think we're going to have a good good show. You know, people don't understand. Jalen Brown is very athletic and he's very creative. I think he got something coming for it, man. And and the young boy won it last year, I, I, he better be watching out. But he's very creative, too, and he got a lot of tricks. So it's going to be very exciting for me to see this type of situation and judge it.
2: Last one I got for you. Where do you stand, though, when it comes to the dunk contest that the biggest stars or superstars in the NBA don't compete at it?
1: You know what? That's a good question. I I, I just think that the NBA has to make it more – more um appeasing to these these players i think they got to make it more entertaining or more valuable to them right? hey man give them 500,000 to win it. Mm-hmm. do something like that mm-hmm. tell them man if you put on a show and do this that, and that this is what we're going to give you i think if you do it like that some of them will come in there and try to compete for it you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and make it competitive i think a lot of trash talking before that telling them (laughs) they can't do it and a lot of these dudes who get into it (laughs) tell them that man i'll duck you anytime anywhere do anything you gotta make it competitive and i think that will get more people involved in it
0: man oh man we could talk basketball with him all day we can't wait to have him back sooner or later because he is gary payton basketball hall of fame he's going to be part of the judges for the NBA Slam Dunk Contest for All Star Weekend this week in Indianapolis, an absolute pleasure to have him joining us here on Freddie and Harry. I'm not going to call you Gary; you're Mister Payton to me, my friend. Love what you do, <laughs> love what you're able to do. Keep up everything, Coach Payton, and we'll
1: talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Well, I'm
2: going to call him yeah, GP because he a straight dog. Yes, he is. And I like yeah, dogs. Just call
1: me GP. <laughs> just call me DJ. Hey, listen, yeah. uh, you know I like dogs, but I'm a wolf because I eat dogs. <laughs> 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 Thank you, brother. Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, That was a blast. By the way, my nephew is a major Seattle Supersonics fan from back in the day with him and Sean Kemp. When I tell him I talk to Gary Payton, he's going to have a fit. Why didn't you call me? I want to ask him a question. You know how I love Gary Payton and Sean Kemp? Why would you call me?
2: Freddie, I collected cards growing up right here in my office. I have a stack full of Gary Payton cards, man. man. But, you know, his mindset, his mental... The ability to get in the opponent's head, talk trash. Mm-hmm. Man, I loved everything about Gary Payton's game, and then he'll lock you up. Yeah, and didn't yeah. tell you how sorry you was, too. If you That's get, what I like. If, I like that.
0: If you get a chance, Google that game versus USC. I'm minding my own business. I would heard about Gary Payton. You knew he was going to be a dude in the NBA. But Harry, that night against USC, he literally had them in tears. Even George Ravlin couldn't bark at him. He said, well, when you, you dropped 50 in on us, and you telling us about it. We got to take that <clears throat> whooping. Exactly (laughs) what he said in the press conference. That's right. Hall of Famer Gary Payton here on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio, part of the Progressive NBA Snapshot, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. That is ProgressiveCommercial.com. You heard Gary Payton, Hall of Famer, talk about that wasn't what he was all about, trying to put super teams together, putting those kind of AU teams together when he played back in the NBA. That is the deal in the NBA, and according to Ramona Shelburne and ESPN's on Adrian Wojnarowski, both ESPN NBA insiders, the Golden State Warriors made a bid for LeBron James at the trading deadline. They were eager to present a deal package to the Lakers, but sources told both Ramona and Adrian neither the Lakers or LeBron James were ultimately willing to explore it. The Warriors could revisit this in the offseason because to bring some memory to your memory, LeBron James holds a $51.4 million player option for next season. Where well, Adam Silver, ESPN, excuse me, Adam Silver, NBA Commissioner, was on the Pat McAfee show on ESPN, and he had to deal with the question on the Golden State Warriors trading for LeBron James, and if they had to try to do that, would he have approved of
1: that trade? I have no other knowledge other than I read that there was those <laughs> discussions. So who knows? I would
2: have they don't. They don't run that by like LeBron no. going to the Golden State Warriors. That they, feels it like only something.
1: it only comes to the league office if they actually have a proposed trade. Then we have to approve it. But for as I just read the reports, that if owners are talking to each other about possible moves or GMs, absolutely not. They, and, and in fact, if they, they're laughing to hear me say this. They don't trust the league office <laughs> if they're thinking about something like that. We're the last people they're going to tell them until they have to. Would you approve that trade oh. if a trade was in, is within the rules? It's within the rules, and I don't think you would want. Back to my point before about the sort of rule of law around sports. I don't think people would want me sitting here saying ah, I don't think that's good for the league. That could, so. So you would approve that
0: if it were if it fit under the rules, I would have to. It, Adam Silver's like, leave me alone. I don't want to answer that question. Stop pestering me.
2: Great job, Pat McAfee. Great job, Adam. Push the button.
0: Push the envelope. Great job of Adam Silver. Deflecting, deflecting, (laughs) deflecting, deflecting. (laughs) As far as that goes.
2: But personally, uh, it's something I I wouldn't want to see. Because like we just finished talking to Gary Payton, I love the competitive nature when it comes to sports. Not just professional sports, but sports across the board, right? When I look at LeBron James and I look at Steph Curry, I look at that rivalry. Seeing those two guys a few weeks ago, it may have been a week ago, uh, on, a, on a, a probably two Saturdays ago mm-hmm. on ABC, yeah. going in overtime, I believe it was 145 to 144, and seeing how LeBron coming down, him and Steph Curry going back and forth, that's a... that, that we witnessed that in our, in our time, Freddie. We, we got yeah. to witness that, and, and it started all the way back in 2014-15 mm-hmm. with the Cavs losing to the Golden State Warriors in the championship. The following year, the Golden State Warriors blowing a 3-1 lead and LeBron James with the historic comeback. And then next year, Kevin Durant joins the Warriors. They win back-to-back championship, beating the Cleveland Cavaliers from a, a total a series, both series put together, right. eight games to one. Right. Durant gets hurt the following year, right, and – and, 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 and the Lakers end up beating the Golden State Warriors last year in, in, in the second round of the playoffs. I like this rivalry between these two superstars, mm-hmm. these two pillars yep. in the National Basketball Association. I'm not going to be for these two guys joining, joining together and playing on the same team.
0: I wonder how that would have landed in the locker room of Golden State. They would have played the good soldiers and not say anything publicly, but this is just me. I know if I'm Steph Curry, if I'm Klay Thompson – if I'm Draymond Green, I'm like, look, the last time we wanted somebody like this, he didn't want to stay when it comes to Kevin Durant. We don't need mercenaries on this basketball team. We really, really don't. You want to trade for somebody that wants to be here and continue to build and trampoline off what we've been able to do, they'll sign off on that. But the last time there was a mercenary out there called Kevin Durant, and you would have thought Kevin Durant openly talked about the way they played basketball was the way that he wanted to play. And they did everything possible to placate him. It could have been very easy for to say, you have to adjust to us. No, they adjusted to him. And they all were good at that because it was about playing the basketball game at the best level, at the right way, at the highest level, and, and being a dominant team in the NBA. And whatever blowback, whatever was going to be out there, they could deal with that because you can have championship rings plugging your ears, and you have to hear what anybody has to say if you're Golden State. And then he decided that that was not what he wanted. He wanted to go and decide to align himself with Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that landed well, quite well in Brooklyn. I know from Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson thinking, yeah, it'd be great to play with you, but you know what? Mercenaries, that worked, but it didn't work. That's not something I don't think that Steph or Clay or Draymond or even Steve Kerr, no matter how great LeBron James, still is in the NBA.
2: Here's another component to it, though, also, Freddie, if it was to happen, we don't know what players would have been traded for LeBron James. Absolutely. It, it, some guys may have felt some type of way because what if Clay Thompson was in on that deal, yeah. right? Yeah. Talking about a guy who, who, who from the start helped build yeah. uh, what the Golden State Warriors have been able to do for a long time.
0: No doubt about that. Dr. Eric J. Simeon hit us on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and HW83. He says, Freddie, Harry, I love you both, but you guys got to stop with he's so good you give him what he wants crap. Brian is a great player but a horrible GM and coach. He's not great at evaluating talent and bad at building chemistry. Hey, doctor school, let me school you here on this. He's not the GM and he's not the coach. And he's not the first great player that organization will move heaven and earth to give them what they want. I can go back in history with a lot of guys that had that happen for them. For example, the Lakers did that for Shaq and Kobe got them pieces that they wanted or that they needed. They asked their opinion on that. Jerry West, as great of a general manager in the history of the NBA, even said, hey, I'm thinking about getting this guy Shaq and Kobe. What do you guys think about it? He wasn't waiting for them to sign off, but he wanted them to be alerted to what that is going to happen as far as that goes. LeBron has built that equity. You don't have to like it, but teams have done that. So as far as I'm concerned, that's crap that you're putting out there. LeBron is a great player. He's never been a GM or a coach. But you would be dumb as an organization to not solicit his opinion. That's why Cleveland did that, and they got Kevin Love. That's why the Los Angeles Lakers did that, and they got Anthony Davis. When he went to Miami, they said, who would you like to have played with you and Dwayne Wade? They said, well, Chris Bosh available. Guess what happened? They went and got Chris Bosh and went to the Ray NBA Alice. Finals for And Ray Allen, exactly, another guy. So you can say all you want that we got to stop when he's so good, you give him what he wants. We don't have to tell you that. It has already happened. Time and time again with a guy like LeBron James. You don't have to like it, and that's fine. But don't give me that nonsense about he's so good you give him what he wants. It's already been done because he is worth it when it comes to LeBron James. Even at 38, 39 years of age, the Lakers are still willing to do that because he gives you a better chance to win a championship when you have those kind of pieces around a guy like LeBron James. He's Harry Delson, Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us. And Freddie and Harry, keep winging on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at HDogs83. And right now on the Freddie and Harry calling line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What made you fall in love with your team? Tell us that moment you said to yourself, yep, that team's for me, and I don't need anybody else. We'll give you our stories on the t- first time you fell in love with our teams, and you can do the same thing at 888-729-3776. Your calls are next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
1: The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
0: This is Freddie and Harry, the Valentine's Day Groovathon edition for you, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on SiriusXM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. We got NBA All-Star Weekend this weekend with the State Farm All-Star Saturday night. Radio coverage presented by Indeed will begin at 8 p.m. Eastern time on most ESPN radio stations. Remember back on February 12th when Draymond Green playing for the Golden State Warriors and Youssef Nurkic playing for the Phoenix Suns? They got into it. They were jostling inside, and Draymond Green didn't like it and gave him a little backhand with his fist closed, not open, and that was a flagrant foul committed against Nurkic. He was led to being suspended indefinitely. That ultimately lasted 16 games. When these two renewed acquaintances on Saturday, in a game that the Golden State Warriors won, both committed hard fouls on the other. Draymond Green had Nurkic score him. He did the two small taunt, and then he slapped the court a couple of times Green even did the same thing back on the next possession and did the two small thing as well. Green even picked up a technical foul. His first since being suspended after arguing a no call on a layup. And as we making his way back into the court, he gave a little bit of a nudge to Yusef Nurkic. So <laughs> after the game was <laughs> over, and it sounds absurd because it is, but here's where we are. After the game was over, Yusef Nurkic basically said he may have been suspended, meaning Draymond, but he ain't learned nothing.
1: I mean, it's sad. He didn't learn anything, man. It's just a matter of time. He's not somebody else again. So, take everything back what I said. You, know, you don't deserve a chance.
0: All righty then.
2: <laughs> Bro, l- l- listen, Freddie. Like, you can't sit up there. You don't know what that man learned. You wasn't there with him in those sessions a whole night. Right. You don't know that. But don't get mad when you poke the bear. Exactly. And then – Draymond is challenging you with his play and also mm-hmm. the way he normally does things. Right. Don't yes. go running to the media, acting all soft now. Oh, absolutely. Hey, y'all, I'm the victim here. Man, shut up. I've seen what you did within that ball game. You and Draymond was going at it. Hey, man, it's just, it's just uh-huh. competitive basketball play to me. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You, you kept poking a bear.
0: You would think somebody with his size at 7 feet, 300 pounds, wouldn't feel the need to do a punk move, in my opinion, when yeah. it comes to Nurkic. What Draymond Green did to get suspended was a worse punk move. There's no doubt about that. You can't be doing nonsense like that. But for Newstead Nurkic to say, you know, I don't think he's learned anything, and and I hope he gets the help he needs and all that stuff. Dude, that's, that's not a grown man talking in that situation. Even Kevin Durant got into it. He told the media after the game was over that he had hoped that Green would get the help he needs After the initial incident that led to a suspension in the first place. And you knew that Draymond Green on his podcast, Crazy the Volume, was not going to let that go without anything said in return.
1: Just to go questioning my character, I thought was whack. But like guys, guys are making a habit out of that. Um, Him and Kevin questioned my character before, you know, as if. You go question somebody's character about a basketball game as if it's not real life, as if that don't affect people's pockets. Like, I think all of it was really cowardly, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, I did what I did. I take my stuff on the chin. We spoke about that. I still stand on that. I meant every word I said about it. But if you want to know the truth about that, I think all of it was cowardly. I think, you know, you start going to question somebody's character in front of the whole world, it's why. So I think they're all both and, of them.
0: And Yusef Nurkis posted yesterday, all good, bad boy, just don't stay too long in the podcast, going to be late for therapy session.
2: See, there you go. He's poking the bear again. They, they continuously throwing fuel on the fire. But for Draymond, listen, he has every right to defend himself. Right? If, if, if guys want to come out and say A, B, C, or D, you don't have to be quiet and sit there and just accept what people want to say. He has the right to defend himself. And I hate mm-hmm. when people, you know, don't feel like people have that right. Freedom of speech. Just in case everyone forgot, you can say what you want to say. Hey, now there are consequences for some things you may say, but right. mm-hmm. you have that right if you're Draymond to defend yourself as a human being, and I have no problem with him doing it.
0: By the way, Kevin Durant had this say about Yusef Nurkic, and he put this on social media. He's a vet. He's supposed to do. He's supposed to handle every situation like that. He understands what this league is about. He understands who he is as a player. Does he really? <laughs> Does Yusef Nurkic really really have that because he's considered soft in this league. Yusef Nurkic. I, I remember
2: I remember in the bubble when he was with the Portland Trail Blazers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying that man th- this guy needs to learn how to defend. Right. Mm-hmm. Because m- my goodness, it was it was brutal. Yeah, and I and I don't want to go back to some of the tweets I was writing at that time because they weren't good tweets at all.
0: Right. Oh, I, yeah, I remember that from the bubble. This Olympics. <laughs> they yeah. were
2: not great tweets. Yeah,
0: but a guy like Yusef Nurkic, believe me, people know who you are in the league. They may not speak about it publicly, but they know who you are. If you're gonna have that kind of size, you can't have somebody calling you soft unless they're seven four three and four hundred pounds, and they look at you at seven feet three hundred and you're soft. Because I'm bigger than you, a guy run, like running to the media. Yeah, you, if you're Yusef Nurkic,
2: help me, save me, <laughs> save me, <laughs> Captain Kurt. <laughs> we ain't yeah, saving yeah. nobody.
0: You know what this is, with Yusef Nurkic, to me, and not, I'm not defending Draymond Green for what he did back in December 12th. And to me, that's what being a competitive spirit of the game. Hey, Yusef Nurkic, you got the best of Draymond Green. You not only did the two small taunt but you snap the court like you play for Duke basketball four different times. Then Draymond <laughs> Green does the same thing to you, makes a basket on you, and does the same exact thing. That's what soft is to me. Instead of saying, all right, you got me. I got you first. You got me back. Then you continue to play basketball. You don't do what you just said, Harry. You don't also run to the media and say he hasn't learned anything. That's save soft. Save me. Save right. me. That's soft behavior right there. And you're too big to be being that soft when it comes to Yusef Nurkic. You don't have to like Draymond Green, and I get it. He's done some things that I don't like. And I've been a, I'm not a Draymond Green apologist. There have been plenty of times that that brother's gone past the line. And I said, man, you're old enough. You should know better. So I'm not condoning anything that has got him suspended or technical fouls in the NBA. There's no excuse for a lot of things that someone as intelligent as he is, as passionate as he is, as basketball gifted for what he does, what he's done for Golden State being a four-time champion. That's a guy who is very intelligent, knows how to speak about the game. But if you know who he is, you have no business, in my opinion, if you're Yusef Nurkic, as soft as you are, where you got the best of on one play, he got the best of you, and your retaliation is, man, I hope that you know he hasn't learned anything and he's going to do the same thing again. That's what soft is to me when it comes to Yusef Nurkic.
2: And, and I think you know they also may be upset. I had no problem with the way Draymond reacted after defending Kevin Durant On less than a second and getting the deflection Mm -hmm. that led to the Suns not even getting the opportunity to put the basket up and you know screaming and this my house and I I don't I don't mind that that's a guy that has played his tail off since. being drafted in the second round, mm-hmm. uh, way back when, a guy that's passionate in the moment, one of the best players in the, in the National Basketball Association, and Kevin Durant, we just talked about not too long ago to show how he hit a game winner, double pumping in, in midair. Absolutely. So when you have a chance to stop that, if you're Draymond, you're damn right I'm going to be emotional. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I'm going to let the world know
0: it. Yeah, and, and here's the worst by the Harry Douglas, Freddie coming together, and Freddie Harry on ESPN Radio. Kevin Durant knows, man, if he's like that, Golden State's a different basketball team and that's a team that you may not want to see in the playoffs. Not saying Phoenix is afraid of them. There are no fear-factor teams in the NBA. They're fear-factor players. LeBron still has that. Steph has that. Kevin Durant has that. Devin Booker has that. There are plenty of players you say, man, we let that broad go off. Uh, We're not going to win this basketball
2: game. I would say the most recent – fear factor team, in my opinion, mm-hmm. was the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant.
0: Yeah, the four horsemen. Him, Clay Thompson, that was Steph, a, and, and that was a while ago. Right, exactly. So you're, that's the last fear factor team you are right, because they were the four horsemen yep. when they all were together. Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. They were definitely that team that when they Chico. came to your building, they were going to take your soul and take your wives and go on about their business. But hey, Yusef Nurkic, you don't know what it's like to be part of a four horseman. No one has ever looked at you and said, we got a game plan for Yusef Nurkic. No one's ever said that in NBA history about a guy like that. And I didn't mind when Yusef Nurkic did the too small thing on Draymond Green. That's I didn't have a game, problem man. with that. And just like I, have, I didn't have a problem with Draymond Green retaliating. I had a problem with Yusef Nurkic is talking about he hasn't learned anything. That's soft. That's why you've been called soft in the NBA, even though you're 7 feet 300 pounds. So
2: I was just thinking about this.
1: Okay. Is the you're too small? Taunt is that one of the best? Is that the best taunt of all sport in all
2: sports right now? It, it's, it's it's one. It's good, man. It's, it's, it's one that will yeah. get underneath your skin yeah. Yeah. because yeah. Yeah. because yeah. It, you, yeah. I feel like you're challenging me as a man. Like you're telling me that I'm too small. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or the rock the baby one. <laughs> the rock that oh in. yes. <laughs> still, still one of my favorites is when somebody does something they say you can't see me. That's one of my favorites when you do like the <laughs> palm in front of your face and everything like that, saying yeah I'm here but you can't do anything about it. That's the John Cena move from WWE. The first time I saw a player start doing that, I'm thinking, yeah, that's a disrespect right there.
2: How, how many people you think are scared of Patrick Mahomes? I'm here. I'm here.
0: They're just scared of him, period. <laughs> he could be a mute, and it wouldn't matter. They're just scared of him, period. It don't, it
2: don't have to sound vicious for Patrick Mahomes. No, not at all. I'm here. Oh, no, we know you're there, man. Exactly, buddy. exactly. Harry,
0: if, if, a, if a DB, you know, they deflect the pass and they, and they rock the baby in your face, what, what are you doing?
2: Bro, I can't even speak like that on, on radio airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm being – I'm being, Deb, I'm being honest. I'm being 100% honest. That's well, or Harry, I'm what, oh, Harry, what about when a DB has absolutely nothing to do with the play being yeah. broken up, but yet uh-huh. they're waving their arms like no oh, good? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> what you going to do there, Harry? That's what happened, insane. Harry? It's, it's 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 not for the airwaves. Yeah. My it per- really
0: isn't. My personal favorite when
2: it if got – If y'all could <laughs> – yeah. Understand the things that I used to say on the football field. Oh, we, it is yeah. not for the radio. Yeah.
0: My personal favorite is when a guy catches a ball and it's not a first down, he, like, points and everything. Or he drops the ball, <laughs> he did something great. I'm like, dude, it's second and five. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> All you did was move the chains. Get a first down, and then you can do whatever within the spirit of the game. Either way. By the way, Phoenix and Golden State don't meet for the rest of the season. Please let me have this as a playoff matchup. Yes, Lord. And I want to see exactly... What's going to transpire between Draymond and Mr. Softy, known as Yusef Nurkic in Phoenix? Just,
2: just one thing before we go. Right, if you exactly. want to be entertained, mm. just Google Yusef Nurkic back in Portland yeah. when he stole this dude's girlfriend from him in the club. You'll be really? thoroughly entertained.
0: Wow. Mm. I, bet, I bet you that happened on Valentine's Day because that's the kind of nonsense guys like him would do uh, on, uh, on uh, a day uh. like that. Don't forget about the Black History Always NBA All-Star Special hosted by two really good dudes known as Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas It's going to air multiple times this weekend, so catch it on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We mentioned it is Valentine's Day here on Freddie and Harry. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance. We want to hear from you at 888 The moment you fell in love with your team, the first time you saw that team, you said, I don't care about anything, anybody else. That team is mine. 888-729-3776. On this Valentine's Day, we want to hear the moment you fell in love with your team, and you'll be heard on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. It's the Valentine's Day Groovathon edition of Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80. And I always tell you smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Kayla F1 said it best about what I'm about to tell you and what Harry's about to tell you as well. There was always going to be a fall guy after a Super Bowl loss. It just was never going to be the dude that really calls the shots for the 49ers. There's some splaining to do that has everything to do with Steve Wilkes out as defensive coordinator after only one year for the San Francisco 49ers. So let me see if I got this straight. Kyle Shanahan had a ten point lead that he blew in the Super Bowl. Again, didn't inform his team that overtime rules had changed. But sure. It's on Steve Wilkes to be the fall guy and fall on the sword in this situation.
2: I just don't like this, Freddie. Uh, you look at a guy, Steve Wilkes, who I think is a phenomenal coach in the National Football League. He's in Arizona, gets a raw deal, mm-hmm. right? Yep. He's in Carolina. They fire Matt Rule. He takes over. Um, he is the guy to get things back on track for them. Mm-hmm. They go with Frank Wright. Now he goes to the San Francisco 49ers, and they make it to the Super Bowl in which they held Patrick Mahomes to three points in that offense in the first half, they were able in, in regulation to hold that football team to 19 points in which seven of the points came off a muff punt in a 1st play score yep. and, pro- and basically ignited to Kansas City Chiefs offensively, in my opinion tried everything in hell possible (laughs) from that point on. Uh, But at the same time, you have to remember that he's going against the standard, right? The best player in the national football league at the time, which is Patrick Mahomes. So is there not a little bit of grace, but at the same time, is it Steve Wilk's fault that Kyle Shanahan didn't go for it on fourth down in overtime or Kyle Shanahan didn't make sure the quarterback was protected on that third and four play in which – they had to kick a field goal afterwards. Was Mm -hmm. it Steve Wilks' fault that Christian McCaffrey fumbled the football early in the game? Right. Uh, The Steve Wilks' defense got an interception. Yes, they did. Right? The Steve Wilks, not Christian McCaffrey, but uh, yeah.
0: No, McCaffrey fumbled the first possession for San Francisco. You're right. But
2: the defense also got a fumble amongst Isaiah Pacheco. Yep,
0: in the red zone, by the way.
2: That was the defense, right?
0: Yep, last time I checked, yes.
2: When the San Francisco 49ers, after the interception, got the ball in the third quarter at the 44-yard line in Chiefs territory, was that Steve Wilkes' fault that they didn't score at least a field goal? Or was it Steve Wilkes' fault that Jake Moody missed the extra point?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I just yeah. – I I don't get it, man.
0: Yeah, Adam Schefter, the ESPN NFL insider, just saw him on SportsCenter. He said – and had underneath him speaking about this whole thing. And the end quotes was Kyle Shanahan saying, it wasn't the right fit anymore so you're basically telling everybody that it was the right fit when you had at times the number one defense in the national football league it was the right fit for 17 games the regular season it was the right fit for two games in the postseason struggled early against green bay and detroit figured it out made adjustments kept those teams from beating you and then it wasn't the right fit for the first two and a half quarters of super bowl 58 but all of a sudden it wasn't the right fit because that dude on the other side is a a once-in-a-generational kind of player and things that happened that had nothing to do with the defense spitting up on themselves. So that's the guy that's going to pay for the sins in San Francisco of Kyle Shanahan and why it's no longer a fit for Steve Wilkes being the defensive coordinator. Got it.
2: I'm 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 up here looking at the stats, mm-hmm. top ten and total total yards mm-hmm. and, uh, defensively, and <laughs> I just mm-hmm. I, I don't know this season, man. It's. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard for me
0: to fathom. Well, if you're Kyle Shanahan and you're going to make a move like that, that means you already had somebody in mind, the over as a defensive coordinator, that it's going to be what you believe should have been with Robert Sala when he was there and D'Amico Ryans when he was there. Both of those guys went on to become head coaches. Sala with the Jets, D'Amico Ryans with the Houston Texans. So whoever you're going to bring in that's going to be that fit, that has to be a mental fit, not just a physical fit, it has to be a mental fit because I know if I'm going into that job and thinking, man, you got rid of Steve Wilkes at the one year, what he did with that defense, man, I better get my mind right because anything that's going to be left of you may not work in San Francisco for Kyle Shanahan.
2: Now here, here's a, a point of view that I'm not going to hold in either though, Freddie. Mm-hmm. Do I like this move? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I, nor do I think Steve Wilkes deserve, deserve it. I agree. But at the same time, like we said with this organization – they felt like Trey Lance wasn't the guy. They moved on from it. They didn't waste time. Right. If they f- feel like you that's know true. Steve Wilkes isn't the guy, that's fair. They're not wasting time. They're moving on from
0: it. Yeah, they've shown that if they believe something is a mistake in the building, they don't keep it in the building. Now, they've done that. You're right with players. And if he yep. felt this wasn't the right guy for what he believes can make sure San Francisco doesn't have another year added to their championship drought, they have not won a championship since 1994. If he believes in the right move,
2: we'll see
0: in San Francisco (laughs) with Steve Wilkes, no longer being a defensive coordinator out after one year in San Francisco, Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together and Freddie Harry keep weighing in. Tell us the moment you fell in love with your team at 888-729-3776 on this Valentine's day. And we'll do a little NFL. What if thanks to LeBron James and Steph Curry. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN radio.